Welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you know what? We had so much fun on our last podcast, our last Q&A podcast, that we decided to do another one. I've got a big list of questions here from our Discord, and I'm happy, and I think Chad is happy as well, to answer all of these questions. Round two. I loved that. That was so much fun. I mean, we'll get to as many questions as we can. Yeah. Because um, there were a lot of them. I know. It's so wonderful having that little community like, hey, guys, we need some brain juice and boom, <laughs> we get a ton. And a few of these questions, I feel like you and I could go on for hours. I'm sure we will. Have fun editing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get right into the first one. This All right, one's kind let's of a, do it. This one's kind of a doozy. And this one actually, whew, this might be. Oh, boy. I have not seen any of these questions. Evan's the, only, Evan's the question keeper. I haven't looked at all. <laughs> and as with the last podcast that we did, the last Q&A podcast, Chad and I don't know each other's answers. I have an idea of what some of Chad's answers might be. All right. Question one. And this is from The Greatest Angel. If you had to choose between Patrick Rothfuss and George R.R. R. Martin, which one would you like to force to finish their series first? So I'm going <laughs> aug- to augment oh, this question. <laughs> I knew you were going to say <laughs> that. But uh, I'm going to augment this question just a tiny bit. Because, uh, I mean, I don't, I, you know, we can't force them to do good anything. Good question, obviously. greatest angel. Very good question. But yeah, I mean, I'll augment it to basically just be, which one do you want out right now? Definitely Patrick Rothfuss. Yeah. Get it done, man. Like, I mean, I care about game of thrones but it's not even in the same realm of care i think that i want winds of winter more but i am kind of tempted i am kind of leaning towards doors of stone just because at least with doors of stone that's the last book in a trilogy and you know maybe there's going to be some more books after that i guess but i'm not really holding out hope for a fourth or fifth or sixth or a new trilogy or anything but with george rr martin You get book six, and then we have to wait some ungodly amount of time for book seven. So even if George R.R. Martin does release Winds of Winter, we're still not going to get closure. Right. It's like still not done. You're right. Yeah. So at least with Doors of Stone. And I do want to, there are some things in Kingkiller that I really want to know. Like what's behind that wall in the archives? In the archives? Yeah. What is behind that thing? I don't know. I have no idea how they're going to get to present time. My whole theory is that that there's another trilogy. Yeah. Like, that's my... I mean, I well, at least I think that that was the plan. I'm not trying to speak for Patrick Rothfuss or anything, but it's been 10 years. I can speak for him a little bit. And I, I agree with <laughs> I you. I think that probably what happened was the first two books, really, he was going full tilt and just thought, I'm going to do a trilogy, and then there's going to be this other trilogy, and then I'm going to do another trilogy where it's all present time with grown-up quote mm-hmm. and, and i think that that's probably why it took so long for this book to get finished is because i think along the way patrick Rothfuss has been like i don't think that's gonna work i need to redo all of this tying all the loose ends together i really hope that it's because he's been working on the other three and so it's not like a seven year gap between each one that comes out for the next one i hope he's like hey guys surprise surprise i actually wrote all of them and you're gonna get one a year (laughs) that'd be really Uh, cool yeah i mean i know that uh patrick rothfuss runs a charity that he's been really involved with i can't remember the name of the charity we'll put it in we'll we'll put a link to the charity in the description but he's really busy with the charity and i I think he he does a few other things like i know he like 
he did a guest spot on some podcast where they were doing a D&D campaign. And yeah, was it Critical Role? I think it was Critical Role. I could be wrong. but um, And I know that he is really active in the like the Comic-Con kind of like just convention scene. So I think he's working in the way that authors tend to work, except for, you know, the part that makes the him one way <laughs> we want him. <laughs> oh yeah. That whole writing part. Here's what I hope is not happening is that Rothfuss got so stoked after his first huge success. And then he just decided to marinate in it. I don't think that's what happened. Okay. Do you want to hear my theory? I do. Yeah, please. Okay. So I think that Patrick Rothfuss became a overnight fantasy rock star, legendary status. You know, if yeah. you go on the internet right now and you type in best fantasy books of all time, Name of the Wind pops up with Lord of the Rings. So I think that maybe what's happening is uh, I, I like to call it Portal 3 syndrome. Hmm. Like, have you heard of, have you played the Portal games? I've seen them played. Oh, no, not Portal. Uh, excuse me. Sorry, not Portal. Uh, well, Portal 3 as well, but Half-Life. Portal is great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Half-Life, Half-Life 3 syndrome. So so basically, Half-Life 3 has been teased and talked about for so long <laughs> that if Half-Life 3 were to come out, everybody would hate it because so much time has passed that everybody has raised their expectations so high for this game. That no matter how good it is when it comes out, it's not going to meet people's expectations. And I think that for Patrick Rothfuss, maybe he feels like that's the case with his book that he wants to put out. Not to mention the amount of people that have kind of already guessed probably everything he wanted to write. You know, (laughs) like the amount of forums and Reddit threads and podcasts that are dedicated to figuring out every little detail and, and speculating so hard on everything that they probably guessed everything already. And so it must be frustrating for him that it's just like this huge, it's like a cultural phenomenon, especially in these kinds of communities. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I feel can... for the guy, like I feel for him. It's just, yeah. it, you know, obviously it, it, there is the argument that it is his job, right? I get that. I do. But it's like, what do you want? Like, what do we, do we demand it? And then he's not able to get it to us. Uh, in the state that he wants to because he caved under pressure and then he, we've got a bad product fair enough but it's been long enough you know what i'm saying <laughs> I I, i'm not the, i'm not the type like, of reader that says like he owes it to us he owes it but it's like you know don't say you're gonna do something and then just keep i like i said i'm okay with it as if he's been spending the time perfecting his craft working on it making it everything that we want it to be but i'm gonna be a little salty if he's like ah i just kind of was just been marinating in my fame and just enjoying it while i've you know just kind of milking the spotlight that that would make me a little bit salty it could be a combination yeah it could be a combination it could be like i'm not in patrick roth's brain neither of us are obviously but i can't imagine you at least have to give him that like the kind of pressure they, I mean, imagine imagine working your ass off, or at least working <laughs> for like a while. <laughs> like imagine imagine like working at something for like ten years and rewriting, and you know what I mean, and then and knowing in the depths of your soul that a million people are gonna hate it the day right. it comes out i mean i would be really <sighs> hesitant to put it out myself like i bet he's, he's shaking in your boots 
I bet he's finished the book multiple times. Well, what you said about the forum thing, he seems to me, and I haven't exposed myself to too much of him, but he seems to me like the sort of person who, when he found out that a forum did guess it correctly, might go and change it just because. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no one's gonna be correct. Like that's oh, the internet. Someone's gonna be right. Exactly. Lots and are gonna and be now wrong. Now it's been long enough that everyone, someone's bound to be right. Right. You know about pretty much everything because people have read these. I mean, I've read these books four times over, yep. and I don't even like them that much. I mean, like I mean, I <laughs> no. I do like the books quite a bit, but I've since read things that I've liked more, even though they are responsible for my sort of like reading renaissance you know, in my in my 20s and early 30s and stuff. They were the catalyst to me reading as much as I do. I mean, with one book, the guy made himself a cornerstone of the fantasy culture. And that's a credible feat. And and was able to follow it up. Yeah. I mean, not only... I mean, I, I personally like Name of the Wind more than me Wise too. Man's Fear. It just feels a little bit more focused. And yep. But Wise Man's Fear is a very good book. You know, it doesn't help that... I mean, if you you can you can consider slow regard of silent things if you want to obviously Eh. but like it doesn't help that he's got a perfect track record for putting out only gold so he can't even put out silver but i I, you know i do want it and i and i would say a lot of those same things like i would carry over a lot of that sentiment for george rr martin but also it's like Mm. i think the case with george rr martin is that he has lived in this world since the mid 90s you know, it's almost been 30 years. Wow. Yeah. And so he's probably 30 years. Yeah. He's probably over it. Like, I yeah. think that's I think that's what is going on with George R. R. Martin. I think that w- between the books and the peripheral books that have come out and the show mm-hmm. and it's just like he's probably just sick of it. I think now. the show did it for him was it was like, OK, well, every the whole world thinks it's over. And so I Basically, think it kind of removed yeah. the hype from him, you know, and he's probably just sick of it. Yeah. I mean, again. We, we are not in these authors' brains. Like, we can't say exactly what they're going through. I mean, I think that in Patrick Rothfuss's case, it is mostly pressure and mm-hmm. stress and anxiety. And that I think with George R. R. Martin, he's probably just kind of over it. Like, I, I don't right. think that he enjoys writing the books as much as he used to. Yeah, he sits down to write it and finish it, and someone gives him a call. He's like, hey, we're working on this really cool video game. You want to like help us <laughs> script it? He's like, yep, yes, I do. Whereas Rothfuss is like, the only place he has to go is down. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Just sweating it out, you know? You know what? Um, speaking of Elden Ring, I'm on my <laughs> second playthrough of it right now. Oh, you did I the deed. I did. Uh, but I, so I beat it and I'm doing it with a different class right now. And I've, I'm trying to familiarize myself with the story as much as possible. And I think that what happened with that is that Hidetaka Miyazaki uh, from software probably hit up George R. R. Martin. And they were like, you know what would be really cool is if you got on like two video calls with us, you know, and just kind of hung out and like, like, mm. pl- like did a crossword or something. <laughs> so that we can say that you because i don't <laughs> i don't know how much you don't see like, him in there i don't know it's it's a really the storyline is exactly as convoluted as all the other FromSoft games and not not to a fault i don't think it's a bad thing but if i didn't know that george rr R. martin was involved i wouldn't have asked is is there a, some sort of author and like the story's so good is there some right. kind of author and like i wouldn't have i would have been like oh it's the same as all these other ones where I kind of don't really have any idea what's happening. Sure. Isn't the game series 
kind of, yeah, isn't it kind of famous for not giving you the storyline up front? You have to read all the little books that you pick up and kind of piece it together. Yeah, and that's why I like them. I mean, um, from from what I understand, um, the main creator of the games, Miyazaki, had really enjoyed like Western fantasy as a kid, um, but he was he's Japanese and he couldn't really speak English, so he could speak some English and understand some, but he couldn't. He had to piece together a lot of what was going on in those old mm. fantasy books from like the seventies and eighties and nineties, and so he liked doing that so much, like filling in those gaps that he that's kind of his philosophy behind the game design it's like you can still have fun with this and not have everything spoon fed to you but if you want you can really dig and get to that kind of bedrock storyline that's that's, it's in there you know but it it takes a lot you have to read every item description like yeah it's a i haven't i've only i did it with go ahead Oh, I was going to say, isn't it interesting that in in your games, specifically you with your games, you like to do that kind of hunt um, and find value there, whereas Lycanius had very similar style of story <laughs> presentation. And that maybe wasn't a certainly was not my favorite way of presenting a story. Well, I mean, I you know, reading is one of my very favorite things to do, Chad. But uh, I am still, at the end of the day, laying there with uh, dead trees in my hand, and like, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I'm not like playing a video game. I've never like, thought about that. Dead trees <laughs> in my hand. Yeah, I mean, it's really. I mean, but they've been given a new life. They have, depending on the words and the order yeah. of them. Yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they've been given a new death. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's move on. We to the milked next question. that question. Yeah, we did, and you know, Thanks. I mean, like obviously, uh, we. I feel like I think I've I think I've kind of like suggested we do a whole episode on Patrick Rothfuss, but I don't. Know, I feel like that would get a little boring after. I think that's about as much as we need to say on the matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Cool. Let's Certainly, move on to the when next one. the third book comes out, we will be reading that. Aria Lane asks. What is your weirdest book-related habit? I mean, other than keeping books in the fridge. <laughs> I don't do that on purpose, okay? It's just the easiest place to store it You're while I'm at work. You just go to work and fall into the fridge. Well, no, I don't like I don't like think about it. It's just like yeah. in the, you know, and I just throw it in there and I'm like, oh, why would I remove it? Um, I'm trying to think of like my weirdest book related. I know exactly I've mine. Got, I've got one. Yeah. I mean, it's you not go. that weird, but, um, I always put my bookmark in my mouth. Really? Yeah. The well, like not, time? no, I don't, I don't like crumple it up and put it in my mouth. Like, <laughs> um, on it. no, I just like, I always put my bookmark between my lips, like while I'm reading and it just like hangs out there a lot. Uh, cause I don't really know where else. And I don't like putting it like in the pages. No, um, no, that's you know what I yeah, mean. That's, that's weird. Crazy. Um, and if I put it in the very back, it always falls out. So yeah, I just like put it in right, right up in. You know, I my just lip, keep it there for hours. I have. You get soggy. No, it's just like right at the tip of my lip. Huh. You know what I mean. Have you ever gone looking for it and then been like, "Ow!" Oh. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, pulled yeah, it out all, of your mouth all the time. <laughs> And I know I do it. I know that it's there. I've talked about it before. That's interesting. My uh, my weird one is also uh, bookmark related, but I don't use bookmarks because I'm not living in the past like you, plebeian. Mine Whatever. is book dart related. I cannot read the book unless that book dart is entirely secured along the page. And I mean flush with the side. So the book dart works. It's like a, imagine like a little tiny U, right? And it slides over the page. If it's crooked or like pulled off of the page in any way, I cannot read the book. And in fact, just to make sure that it's not, I have developed a system where I tap it <laughs> three times while breathing in. And then I tap it three times while breathing out. 
and then it is flush. Wait, so, uh, are you putting the book dart on every page you turn? No, no, oh, no, okay, no. In okay, fact, okay. I'm stoked when I get beyond the page because sometimes I'll see it and I'm like, it's a little crooked, I think, and then I'll have to do it again. Do you, uh, do you ever put the bookmark um, like in the page that you're trying to get to? No, I've never thought about that. Oh, really? I used to do that uh, sometimes, but I mean, like I said, I just don't like I don't like the way that the bookmark is when it's in the pages. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't really have too many weird reading habits just because like mostly I just lay down. I mean, I have been listening to a lot of just like kind of nature sounds lately. You know, like I, I have been reading with headphones in quite a bit more frequently. Um, my my roommates are kind of loud. Like I live in like a big drafty Portland house. Like it's like a hundred years old. Anytime anybody like opens a bag of chips, I can hear it from like across the house. <laughs> like every door closed. Eat yeah. your chips quieter. <laughs> <laughs> like I hear like there's like another couple that lives in my house, and I can like hear them arguing or canoodling or <laughs> <laughs> canoodling. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So yeah. Just like I've been wearing headphones a lot more with my bookmark in my mouth. In one of our first minutes, you gave me the idea of putting on nature sounds. Like if you said, you like sometimes if you go, um, if the characters in the story are traveling through nature, you'll put on like nature sounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've done that multiple times since you gave that idea, and I love it. Yeah, I really like doing that. It, you know, it's not it's not going to augment the experience that much, but no, it, it kind of pulls you bit. into it. Yeah, um, I've also when I know that like a, a really exciting scene is coming up, I'll put like, like some uh, some kind of cinematic music on. Like I was listening to, I was reading a really epic part in Empire of the Vampire, and I put on the soundtrack from Gladiator. Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> okay, next question. Clark not Kent asks, "What is the most valuable book you own or wish to own?" It's a good question. I mean, I feel like we have to define value like by money or like the one that's most most special to me. Uh, let's go with uh, monetary. Yeah. Just, just for kicks. Because I'm so destructive with my books, I don't really know if I have a good answer to that question. You're just buying regular books and... Yeah. I mean, spines. I just found... <laughs> I just found that uh, 10th edition uh, anniversary of Hitchhiker's Guide the 10th year anniversary uh, edition in very good condition. It's probably like 60, 70 bucks, or at least I saw some of them going for that on eBay when I looked it up. I have a book club edition of Dune that in really good condition is worth like $300. Um, but I think like the condition that mine is in is probably like like 100 or so maybe. But those are, that's a pretty cool copy. I think that might, like if I was trying to sell my books, I could probably get the most for that one. I'm not really sure how much my first edition Harry Potter books are worth. Probably not really that much. Probably will be at some point, though. Yeah, I mean, if I keep them in the, like, they're in really pristine condition right now. I, I do have some books that I think will be worth a decent chunk decades from now. Like, I've got some of the first editions of Wizard of, I've got a first edition of uh, Wizard of Earthsea. I'm, like, looking at my shelves right now. But as far as one that I wish to own, um, there's some illustrated Farseer books that are each, like, $40. Those are really spendy. They're like illustrated and hardcover Ooh. and just really, really nice editions of those books. And it would cost me like $120 to buy three books. The Song of Ice and Fire books, there's some illustrated editions of those, and those run a pretty good amount. Oh, and uh, there was just a new special edition of uh, Lord of the Rings Ooh. that was just released. And it's I saw it at Powell's today, It's and it's $75. Wow. Yeah, it's expensive, uh, but it's... It's really cool. It's got like a white cover and it's got sprayed edges. So the, the edges of the pages are all sprayed red 
And I don't know if it's black speech or elvish on the pages themselves. Um, so like when the book is closed, there's like white lettering um, along the, the sprayed edges of the book. Wow. But yeah, it's a really beautiful book. Um, but you know, I don't think it's $75. Yeah, there's a leather bound copy of The Way of Kings Stormlight Archive. And there's it's actually a whole first three of them and it's signed and it's the set is going for $750. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it is so gorgeous. It's like blue leather and it's got like gold inlay on it. It is a really pretty book. There's some really old Stephen King books that mm. go for a lot. I know that um, the gunslinger, the first book in the dark tower, like the, uh, the original like hardcover, they didn't make that many of those and those go for quite a bit. I've been trying to find a hardcover of Pet Cemetery, and those are pretty spendy. I just uh, Googled Rarest Hobbit, and this article came up that said Rare Hobbit, Rare Hobbit sells for $137,000. <laughs> What's the L? Oh, it's 188,000 euro, which would be $209,000. I think the L is pound. Ah, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> the euro is it looks like an E with two. Yeah, 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 I know that. I recognize that one, but I was like, I don't know what the L thing is. <laughs> I could have figured it out if I thought. Totally. Any amount. <laughs> it's really pretty though. It's like got this awesome green cut. Well, it's not all green, but it's got this forest and mountains going up. It's really pretty. I remember I was in there's a really famous bookstore in Los Angeles, and I'm sure anybody that's in that area that's listening would know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like the one with the the archway of books. But anyway, um, they had uh, Lord of the Rings editions from like 1955 in there, and it was like 35 grand or something. Whoa. Yeah. And they were like the, the red copies. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I, I've never even had 35 grand in my bank account. <laughs> like, what's less? Like, can you imagine, like, just waking up one day and being like, you know what? Those are some pretty cool books. Like, I got an extra 35 grand later. I wouldn't even want to touch them. Like, yeah, with my I don't know what fingers. I would do with that. Like, books to me are something to be read. And I yeah. don't know what I would do with it. Well, I would just kind of revel in them. I do what I did yeah. with my, with my uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, is I put it front and center and it's sitting up. In a spot of honor. I mean, I I get pretty intense buyer's remorse with a lot of different stuff, and I get impulsive sometimes and buy stuff. But I feel like the buyer's remorse after spending thirty five thousand dollars, and I love books. I really love books, but like, oh. damn, <laughs> that's like a, it's like a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, it's like it does a really I cheap, just... a really cheap Tesla, but. I just found the wise man's fear and uh, the name of the wind leather bound. And it is possibly one of the prettiest books I've ever seen. It's, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. It's like got this little divot in the front with the sword. Oh man, this is really cool. I want this. This just got moved to front position. This is the answer to the question. This is what I want. It's 250 bucks. That's not even that bad. No. Yeah. I mean, there's Ooh. some stuff that I really would shell out for. Mm-hmm. It, it would it has to be something that I plan on rereading or that I that I really you know so like I would buy a seventy five dollar edition of Lord of the Rings because they're so important to me. Oh, here's a good one from Great Scott. Uh, what fictional character would you like to meet in real life? That's a really Take your good time one. thinking about that one. Yeah, I'm gonna need to. Okay, because we need to you know like the genie from Aladdin probably so I could get some wishes right. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but we're, I'm going to remove 
self-serving. I think you could you could think of it in the sense of like, who would you want to get a beer a, with, have a drink with? Yeah. yeah, yeah, or get dinner with or whatever. I just you know someone else is gonna think of that and be like those fools. So I want you to know, <laughs> I thought of it. I thought of it. I'm in trouble with this one. Yeah, it's almost like there's thousands of characters to choose from. Yeah, there's so many. <laughs> And like, there's some that I want to do it for, like asking questions, and then there's some that just would be. Think fun. of it in the think of it in the sense that like you like their personality so much, you'd want to just spend time around them for a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, who, who writes the Lamb, Mr. Michael? Oh, Christopher Moore. Christopher Moore. He writes. Okay, I, I got my answer. All right, let's hear it. Um, okay, so he also wrote a book called um, Fool the Fool. I think it's just called Fool. I think it's just called Fool as well. And the Fool in that book is awesome and i would definitely go get a drink with him what about him i haven't read that book like what about him is so endearing so his job is he's the court jester and so he gets to say all the things that everyone thinks but would be beheaded for saying and it's his job to say those things and so he just has the sharpest tongue every time i read that book i'm like ah what a paragon of perfect like insults what about like uh, wit from Stormlight? I Archive? thought of him too, but okay. Fool is better. Oh, really? Fool is a, oh yeah, Fool oh, wow. is, Fool's he is, he is his he is perfected. His wit craft. is so like mysterious. Yeah, yeah. He probably wouldn't give enough, whereas Fool would just be fun. Yeah, he's, he's, fool, he's a good yeah. dude. Okay. What's yeah. your answer? Mine's so dumb. <laughs> it's not dumb. I've just like thought of it since I was seven years old. So. <laughs> is it Jim Lee the Dwarf? <laughs> no, it's Hagrid. Oh, no, that's not dumb. That's great. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He would tell you such good stories about, yeah, like, well, this I one know. time I was in a bar and I <laughs> accidentally purchased, you know, some crazy animal. And oh, dude, that's a really good one. Yeah, I think that's Hagrid, a really good one. Hagrid was always one of my favorite Harry Potter characters. Yeah, like you would definitely have a better story to tell after your yeah, beer like, drinking session like, than I wow, would. Wow. Like, yeah, I met up with this half giant who is the caretaker for this magical school that i'm not allowed at and yeah. boy i just had i bought him a few drinks and yeah he just went off the rails and <laughs> told and me tells, literally everything yeah he tells all the things that he's not supposed to say <laughs> right, anyway so yeah. you feel like all these crazy stories of like are you sure you should be telling me this like, <laughs> i have, have a boss that. at work who tells me things and i'm like wow that's so inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like Hagrid from Harry Potter is probably he's like one of the most sincere people in that whole trilogy. Like everybody mm-hmm. has ulterior motives. Like like my knee-jerk reaction was like, I'd love to spend some time around Dumbledore. And it's like you think about it more and you're like, actually, Dumbledore yeah. was kind of the worst. Yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs> and like Harry is like trust not me. a very interesting person. Nice at all, to milk toast. You know? Um Ron would be fun, but I'd rather yeah, have uh drinks with the Weasley twins. Yeah. I'd rather have drinks with Hermione than Ron. Yeah. Like, like at least I'd, I'd like have like a. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> that was a good question. Um. Okay. So you can call me Patches asks with Elden Ring's release. It's got me to thinking and I'd love to know your thoughts. Are there any fantasy books you've read that you wish you had actually played in video game format? instead of reading or vice versa yes yes that indeed. is a pretty cool question patches. that is a Thank really you. cool question go patches um yeah but absolutely yes can you guess mine is it king killer 
No. Okay, good. I was that'd like, be a boring video game. I'd, that'd be a boring like playing a loot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I can't guess yours. I would be okay. So it's with a twist. I would love to play um, the all right Salvatore Drift Stewarden books. Oh, there's already but a video I, game. Wait, no, there's not. Sorry. Well, there kind he of is. does. He does appear in some video games. Yeah. There's like a secret character um, that you can unlock him, and I think it's like. Uh, Diablo, maybe? I think there's like an expansion that some game company, I think it was like Kingdom of Amalur or something. Huh. I could be. I like Neverwinter Night or something. I don't remember what it is, but I think that Forgotten Realms did do some video You're games. Right. But, but, but yeah, I mean, just, just even if you played through, I think they did an Icewind Dale like expansion. It, to yes, something. they did. They did. And he's like an unlockable character. But my twist here is that I wouldn't want to play as Dritz. I would want to play as Artemis and Treri. The assassin, oh. Dritz's arch nemesis. That would okay. be way more fun. My brother has a really cool insight for like stealth in video games. And he says that it's good to have a video game that is based around stealth. Like that's the point of the game, you know, like Splinter Cell. Mm -hmm. But it's bad to have a game that just has stealth like as an element to it. Yeah. You know, because it's never as fleshed out as you want it to be. And it just becomes more of a hindrance and kind of an annoyance. Like, yep. you know, but there are games like uh, like Dishonored is really fun because it's like you can pick, you know, whether or not you want to have just like there's like different rewards for being really stealthy throughout the whole game. Um, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, I've always thought like assassins in general in video games are kind of difficult, but very really difficult, really fun when it's pulled off. So rewarding. Well, yeah. So rewarding when you do it properly. I always play the assassin uh, character in D&D &D games and like the sneaky guy and you're really only good right at the beginning of the fight and then you're just a liability you know because <laughs> yeah. you're so not you wearing gotta... like any armor yeah and you're like now you're in the middle of a fight and it's like okay well good thing my alignment doesn't really care so i'm going to use this time to steal some of my my homie's treasure <laughs> <laughs> uh what would be your answer i mean uh i always wanted to explore like a totally fleshed out hogwarts but that's already mm -hmm. happening with hogwarts legacy is that gonna be totally fleshed out looks like it i mean they just put out a state of play for it and i watched it, it looks it looks good i mean it, like the gameplay doesn't look that fun but i mean like everybody wanted to get sorted into a house and do the hogwarts thing like right in 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 like the best way that you possibly could and like if you go and watch the video for it i mean it looks amazing yeah like, i've seen a couple of videos but just like the actual being in a classroom is not I don't know. Time. Yeah, I don't know like how fun the game is actually going to be. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when yeah. it comes out. Like, you know, that's kind of usually my thing with video I games. I can almost so, like, see it being a really good like open world MMO type thing where everyone could be their own wizards. That way there's a bunch of people in the school that are real yeah. people. Yeah, I think that there were some choices that they made where everybody was like, all right, that's weird. Because like, I think it would have worked best as like a turn-based strategy game. Where, uh -huh. like, you do have the whole, like, you know, you can, you have the run of the whole castle and the grounds and Hogsmeade and stuff. But then if you run into a fight, now it's like a, a JRPG kind of like you, you okay. do a spell, they do a spell. But it, it, it looks kind of, it's like Harry Potter Grand Theft Auto, like right now. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, eh, all right. But um, my real answer is uh, Red Rising, I think would make, oh. like, in the style of like Mass Effect. 
Hell yeah. Like an absolutely incredible game. Like that would be really, really good. Can you imagine like the whole story for Red Rising, but you get to make choices like you're (laughs) you're playing as Darrow, you're leading this whole revolution from the bottom up and just, oh, I think that would just be such an incredible game. That really would. Wow, that was a really good answer. Cheers. Thank you. Oh, also, while we're just throwing out there, I got to give an honorable mention to Stormlight Archive because I'd want to play like it'd be like a mech warrior game inside those suits, but like magic style. Ooh, yeah, that's a really like, good one. too. That would be awesome. I think books translate to video games quite a bit better than people give them credit for. Definitely. You know, and vice versa. <laughs> I've heard that yeah. uh, like there's a there's a book based off of Bioshock. Huh. I can't remember the name of it. We'll put it in the uh, description. But did StarCraft um, come first in book sure. form, or I'm not sure? Because you played StarCraft, right? Uh huh. Oh yeah, yeah, I was into it quite a bit. The trilogy acts as a link between StarCraft and its sequel, StarCraft Two. I I don't know. I think I'm gonna have to do some digging on this one. Got another question here, and it is from Hi. My name is Shoelace. Hey, Shoelace. And the question is, I mean, you might need to take some time to think about this one. The question is, what is the most unique or possibly most unheard of book that you've read? So, like, what's the most obscure book that you've read that you think maybe the least amount of people have heard of? Hmm. That's a good one. That's a turn around and look at the bookshelf. Yeah, I got to do the same thing. You don't have to have read the most obscure book, but just what's the most obscure one that you've read that you think needs a little bit of love? Yeah, I'm going to throw out, oh man, it's been years and years and years since I've read this, but I just remember really enjoying it. It was a book called Dampier. It's about a half vampire. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Oh, nice. I was like so nervous. You're going to be like, <laughs> dude, everyone knows that book. No, I haven't heard of it. Yeah, it was a very, very good book. It was about a half vampire, half human. And he, I'm, it's, like I said, it's been years and years, but I'm pretty sure he's a vampire hunter. That's the plot of that's the plot of uh, Empire of the Vampire. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's got like a wolf partner. Oh, that's not. That he that's goes along cool. with, and it's kind of like a, yeah, it sounds like Empire of the uh, what was it called? Empire of the Vampire. Empire and um, The Witcher, kind of combined. Yeah, that's kind of what Empire of the Vampire is. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when I did that review for Empire of the Vampire, I was like, he's like a half vampire, and he's like going out hunting other vampires, and everybody was like like blade that's <laughs> like yeah it's like blade yeah it's like blade yeah <laughs> but whatever blade is awesome yeah i think dampier had him first though yeah it sounds like it do you know what year it was put out oh, i'm looking it up right now so it's damp like d-a-m uh, it's d-h-a-m-p-i-r dampier 2003 yeah so this is like the question the question is basically like what do you think is the most slept on books yeah um, I think Robert Jackson Bennett's Divine Cities trilogy doesn't get enough love. I feel like Foundryside is, and Shorefall are already more popular than Divine Cities ever was. But if you're listening and you haven't read any Robert Jackson Bennett, he does have a finished trilogy called Divine Cities. And I think the first mm. book is called City of Stairs. It is, yeah. It's really, really good. <laughs> it's it's like it's about like uh, the city and there's a lot of intrigue and, you know, basically like gods do exist and they're very much a part of the makeup of these, of this city. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. It's probably one of the more unique and slept on trilogies. I just, I haven't ever read anything like it, like just the world that he created. I mean, maybe there are some things like it, but I've read a lot of books and I haven't come across anything even remotely 
resembling both like the storyline, like what's actually happening, and the world. Wow, yeah, this looks really interesting. It's really good. And it's um there's like quite a bit of action in it. Just like the rules for everything, you know what I mean? Like just like the the way that events kind of come to fruition and the way that problems kind of come up is very much dependent on the actual workings of the world that he's built. Check it out. Just got added to my wish list. Yeah, City of Stairs is the first book. I'm pretty sure. I'm surprised that you didn't use um what was the book called a certain number of ways to defend a walled city oh the kj parker stuff yeah those are yeah i I haven't seen anybody else talk about those either me neither you know what else i never see people talk about on tiktok and i'm on tiktok i lurk on there i don't really comment and stuff very much but i'm definitely cruising through (laughs) i'm a lurker (laughs) yeah um nobody seems to talk about uh zizin lu's remembrance of earth's past Hmm. like do you know what that is I've heard of it, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like nobody seems to talk about it. It's so weird because they're really incredible books. The first book is called The Three Body Problem. Basically, it's just first contact, but like how we would handle that. Like what what would that what would that like really look like? The circumstances of this first contact are heavy. Like really heavy. Like I, I had to read Terry Pratchett books in between these books because <laughs> it was just so much existential weight on my shoulders you know this looks really good too how do you say the yeah. author's name shinjin tr- lu I, th- I think it's zizin um zizin. i know lots of times the x makes the ch sound like sh- 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 zizin zizin. Maybe, i don't know uh, yeah i don't know i can't i don't i don't ever speak mandarin so mm, yeah um, me neither <laughs> only on the weekends i don't know what the i don't know what the rules are two of the books are translated by ken lu who wrote uh the dandelion dynasty that first book is called mm. Uh, I think it's called The Grace of Kings. I still haven't read those. I think the third book in the Dandelion Dynasty just came out. There's so much stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. Just talking about this, it's just like, there's so oh many things gosh. I haven't read. But yeah, those are kind of my picks for some slept on stuff. You should definitely go check out. I really want to read 16 Ways to Defend a Walled City. I it's awesome. you telling me about it. And The Fisherman. I really want to read that, too. Yeah, oh yeah. I think The Fisherman was slept on, but I was really repping that book. As much as I was pushing that book on everybody for a while. That and um, I read The Fisherman and Between Two Fires, like pretty close to each other. I would not shut up about those two books for a really long time. (laughs) I still won't. (laughs) They're so good. Let's do one more. Okay. We've been at this for a while. Obviously, we could keep going, but we could do a part three later. Who cares? This is great. Yeah, we should do a part three. This is our podcast, and I'm going to be pretty right. loose with the edits on this one. Good. I mean, these ones are fun, you know? I love just rambling about stuff. Yeah. And it kind of leads <laughs> us to all sorts tell. of places. We get all these cool like recommendations in there. I think there's some actual value in, in a lot of these rambles, too, because we get to, you know, like that conversation led to some really cool slept on books that probably deserve a little bit of time in the spotlight. It's funny, like while I'm doing the podcast and while I'm talking, I feel like I'm saying a lot of substance. And then when I go to edit, I'm so sick of everything I'm saying. Oh, really? Like, I feel yeah. the exact opposite. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm always like, man, I said nothing of value in that. And then I'll listen to it and I was like, man, but man, that joke was pretty funny. And like, that was pretty good comment. And dude, sometimes like I'm listening to the edits and I'm so glad <laughs> that I have the power to delete stuff that I say. Yeah. Like, oh, I love that clip that you sent out to the Patreon. It took me forever to figure out why you even sent it. Because all it was titled was why I edit. 
<laughs> and then it was just like eight seconds of you. I'm pretty sure. Like, um, uh, well, I'm um, uh, 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 repeated. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> let's, uh, let's go into this last question and then wrap it up. Okay. So this is a question from Q Licorice. The question is, what made science fiction and fantasy your favorite genre to read over the years? Are there specific books or series that contributed to this over the years? Oh, man. I think I've got a... I've, I've answered this quite a few times in lives yeah. and stuff, so I have, a, I have an okay like answer I'm a for broken it. record on this front. That's okay. Well, you don't even have to say what specific books if you don't want to. Just a, a general kind of like, why fantasy, science fiction, or like, why, why are you reading genre fiction, Chad? Why aren't you reading 10 like hard classic literary fictions a month which it's, i'm not knocking doing yeah. that obviously do it like hell yeah it moves my soul i connect with it in a way that like the adventure the you know it's like the same reason why i don't play sports video games you know like i can go play football but like right. i can't yeah. go ride a dragon <laughs> and like the story of someone becoming more than themselves and overcoming um, I just, I don't know. I really, I really like that. Well, the funny thing too, is that you can read a story of somebody becoming more than themselves in Chicago in the nineties, you know, like I've read those stories, but the spectacle is what I'm after. I think that's one really big aspect of it is setting and the fantastical, you know, yeah, like and, and mystery. And when you have different worlds or you're far into the future or you're in a different dimension that allows for in my opinion a lot more room for conflict you know and not not just more room for more conflict but different conflict yeah like varied conflict it's a it's a man that just lost his wife but if he takes on another lover he'll get eaten by rhino dragons <laughs> i don't know like, it's like it's like why like like have have that extra amount you know in there and like those are my favorite kinds of fiction is when the kind of like what i was talking about with city of blades like i, I kind of touched on that or a city of stairs i kind of touched on that a little bit where like a lot of the conflict is interwoven into the world that has been built like there are rules that's why i like hard magic systems you know, mm -hmm. like I'm a big fan of very well fleshed out magic systems because there's rules to it. You know, like yeah. with with Jade in the Greenbone Saga, which we're reading right now, like just the existence of Jade and its magical properties have so much to do with the central conflict of what's going on. The existence of SN1, the hierarchy that's been built around right. this drug that has led to more conflict. And it, it's all because all, of all this made up stuff. You know, mm -hmm. and you could replace a lot of those elements with, you know, you could replace Jade with heroin or whatever. Right. But it's not the same thing. It's not, no, it's like, you know, it loses some mystique. Right. And that's probably one of the reasons why, you know, why I said I didn't want to become a broken record is because, you know, the R.A. Salvatore, those books, they're just cornerstone for me. I read them so many times when I was a kid and they just like the magic system is so fleshed out. There's a pantheon uh, of gods, different dimensions planes of existence you know where evil lives and it, man i just it's like got everything and you know i think the the thing that really did it for me was harry potter 
Yeah. I, like, I mean, like, and I think that was the censure. And it really could have been a bunch of other stuff, and it has been a bunch of other stuff for a lot of other people. But I think that, like, just for me personally, getting that first dose of real transportation, like mm-hmm. real immersion, I think a lot of people are still chasing that Harry Potter high. Dude. You know, <laughs> when I was not allowed to read the second book, I wept. Yeah, I bet <laughs> so hard. Yeah, and I was, I was. T- already coming up with ways that i could sneak it you know because as a 10 year old your parents didn't understand no they didn't know what happened to you no and i have since felt that way in other books i just felt that with empire of the vampire you know like i was in there i really tore through that book you know i mean i i had read a few chapters and then i was playing elden ring and then when i stopped playing elden ring for a little bit like i read that whole book in like two days it's thick right it's like 750 pages long then i had read like 100 pages before i started playing elden ring and then i took like a week ish off of reading and then i just read the whole book you know and i and then you know that's why i had such high praise for it was you know it wasn't just the writing it wasn't just the characters a lot of my judgment for how much i enjoyed a book is did i lose track of what page i was on was i thinking Mm -hmm. about it and really wanting to read it when i was doing other stuff did I forget what time it was? Did I stay up way too late reading it? Like that's happening with me right now with um, Greenbone. You know, like I feel very much transported into that world because of the characters and because of the magic system and the setting. And I have felt that to a certain extent with other literary fiction that might be set in our own world and dimension with our own rules, but it's never been to the same degree. You know, like no. those kinds of books have moved me very much, but. They haven't immersed me. They haven't transported me. They've made me think, but why not have me think with uh, with some some other stuff going on in there? Yeah, you know. I wonder why that is. I think it's because you have to separate yourself so far from your own world that it's almost easier to do it. You know, if it's set in the world, it's like, yeah, no, I get it. But if you're set and not, and it's like you really kind of have to just go to a different place. I think there's is something to be said about escapism too. Mm-hmm. And I think escapism has a weird like negative connotation to it. Like I think that when people say like, you know, I just want to escape into something, you know, people that don't understand are very very likely to judge that and say, "Well, why why do you need to escape?" you know? Like do you need to go see a therapist? And it's like that very well may be the case. <laughs> but <laughs> but also there's nothing wrong with dipping into something else for a little bit you know like no. you're still you're still exercising your brain you're still there you're still conscious you know but you're processing something else you know it's like go solve somebody else's problems for a little bit you know? yeah and you know what those people are doing it also in their own way they just don't put it in the same framework you know when someone um gets absorbed in their knitting or whatever the task may be there it's a form of escapism they're focused so much on what they're doing that they're hitting that zone that stride you know and that's escapism the same in my opinion it's a flow state yeah it's a flow state yeah like i get into a flow state when i'm writing or when i'm playing music or if i'm exercising and i get into one when i'm reading you know and like obviously yeah i'm very the playing music is a ridiculous flow state especially when what you're writing is not terrible which is mm-hmm. not always the case <laughs> no. but um i really do, i really you know like reading reading and writing is a huge huge passion of mine and i'll always encourage it and 
there are, there's always going to be people out there that think that you're wasting your time. And it is, it is frustrating to see, you know, and, and I am interacting with all kinds of people online a lot of the time. And I do see those comments and I do see when people are like, why would you read a book that's such a waste of time? Or like, why would you read fantasy when you could be reading nonfiction and like bettering yourself as though those things as though you can't do both at the same time. Whereas they're you know mutually I mean? exclusive. That's a weird. No. And I don't really know why people say that. I have theories as to why people say that, but it's not really even worth digging that hard into, you know? Like nobody should be attacking what you do in your own free time as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Yes, well said. I have never understood why anybody would call anything anyone does in their own personal time a waste of time as long as it's like it doesn't have to be constructive and that's the main right. point like that i origami. would want to make around that yeah that's like that's like the main point that i would want to make around that is that when people ask why are you reading fantasy it's such a waste of time it's like why do i need to be constructive and productive all the time if i've paid my bills if even if you haven't paid your bills like it's like yeah. it's like what like you do not need to be 100% on the productivity ball all no, the time so i take vacations I feel like fantasy kind of is a vacation sometimes. Exactly. And you know, those people who are saying that probably go home and watch The Bachelor, and it's the same thing. And I would not judge them for that. When I find out that people watch that kind of stuff, it's like, go for it. That's your fantasy. That's your dragons. Mm -hmm. There is a fantasy element to that. I mean, like, who wouldn't want to be picked out of 20 people as the best of those 20 (laughs) people, you know? Like, that is a sort of fantasy, and there's a sort of catharsis that comes with that. It doesn't have to be this big meaningful thing no like i think that we have a tendency to kind of like try to assign as much meaning as possible to everything we do yeah especially the the real keyword was we right and we and the things that we don't do we will say well that's stupid like and and when people are like man i think you're wasting your time reading fantasy novels it's like well you have never done that and so i feel like you kind of have to think that so that way you don't think that you're missing out on something that might have added value to your life and i have a tendency to be like ah stupid like watching football all the time and it's like well i probably am saying that because i didn't do that and so i'm missing out on the value that that would have added to my life you know oh, sports are a huge outlet for people yeah and you know what man because i used to i used to feel that way about sports too i'd you know i'd be like why do people do that like yeah. it's so weird that people are so all in the but, hole but you know what it's just like how we're like you and i are nerding out about this we're like somebody that's not into books would listen to this podcast and say wow they're really getting into these details you know what <laughs> i mean they like like what does it matter like what they do with their bookmark right like who cares <laughs> People that do sports podcasts, they're getting into what, like, you know, how windy it was on this one day when this one field goal was kicked. And they talk about, you know what I mean? So it's like, Mm -hmm. like they, they, they talk about like the kinds of shoes that athletes are wearing and the, the kind of track that they're running on and how like this particular like swimsuit was designed in a way that, you know, and it's like, that's where the fun is. That's why this podcast is so fun. Like that's, you know, you can do it with pretty much anything. You can really get in and nerd out on it. Hey, have you ever have you ever picked up like a new hobby or something, and like you go oh, yeah. into, and you go into like the subreddit for it, you know, and you're just like, "Jeez, whoa, <laughs> like, wow!" <laughs> like they're really like, what is even? Yeah, it's like a whole new world. And you know, I think that is kind of the 
the beauty of it all is like I've been straight up jealous by people who are really into sports who can because it's such a widely talked about. It's such a it's such a hobby loved by so many people that you can strike up a conversation with you if you're in a building that has a hundred people in it you can definitely find someone in there who loves football and you can have a great conversation about it and i've been like straight up jealous with those about like man my friend could just like strike up a conversation with anyone anywhere because everybody likes the thing that he's into yeah i've done that with the trailblazers yeah because i i watched just enough basketball so that yeah, I can I can be in on that, and I'll say you something talk like, talk. "Yeah, I'll say something like, man, isn't it wild that like every time we get in the playoffs, we just get like just totally scorched in like the second round? Like, you know, it's like, it's, <laughs> and then people someone like, will yeah. be like, yeah, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> See, I would be afraid to like miss sport it. I've done that before. I've been like, I'm gonna try to be a part of this conversation. I'm a <laughs> doppelganger, and they're like, dude, we are not talking about that sport. <laughs> like, you know ah. what? Like, but cool people will always like gauge and. Like, you know, if, if if I was at a party, which I guess I just don't go to anymore, but like <laughs> if, I, if I was at a party talking to you about fantasy books and somebody joined the conversation and was like, oh man, like I really, really love that show Game of Thrones, you know, and just didn't, wasn't even talking about fantasy books. I wouldn't be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is a books only conversation. Yeah, how about you step like, out? <laughs> no, I would, I would try to fo- like form the conversation enough to inc- be inclusive. Right. You know, and we, we'd kind of shift the conversation to that lowest common denominator so that we could all, you know, unless it's our closest that. friends and we're around the campfire because sometimes like, man, this is just me and you. Oh man. <laughs> I remember there's been multiple times Evan and I have been camping that like the rest of everyone's like partying and Evan and I are just geeking out about <laughs> fantasy novels. And someone will be like, you guys have been talking about fantasy novels for like two hours. Can you join the group? Like, uh, jokes no. on them we started a podcast yeah. we can yeah, keep what, talking what? we can talk about we can talk about fantasy for another hour i don't care but you know we can save that for another that being episode. said <laughs> <laughs> kind of want to go uh play play some yeah, i need to read actually i need to read too i'm reading oh my god i'm reading four books now oh my goodness i mean i guess i'm reading three four i'm reading four too i just started uzumaki by junji ito oh so junji ito is a manga um, I don't. I'm pretty sure he did the art. It would probably have the artist's name, but it is horror manga. Whoa! And this is about a, a town that's obsessed with spirals. Okay. And I just started it like before while I was waiting for you to get up on here, and like, it's already insane. Like clown eye spirals, like no, just like spiral like design shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like yeah. they have like clown eyes. They're like drawn with like spirals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what weird? Yeah, it's about a town that is obsessed like to the point of madness with spirals and i'm only like 30 pages into it but i'll probably read it pretty quickly because it's uh manga is it going into like fibonacci like we i have no idea i don't i don't know where we're gonna go with this but uh yeah so i'm reading this and back of bones and cersei and jade war right now oh boy i know like i'm and i'm we're closing out this podcast and i was kind of like i want to go play elden ring and it's just like slow down stop 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 (laughs) done that beat that (laughs) we're gonna record our jade war part one episode tomorrow night dang stay we are it's really good so far yeah it is really good It's, it's starting at a weird spot yeah i thought like not a bad no, just, spot no but i started reading spot. it and i was just kind of like oh like, wait what all right like <laughs> oh. that's cool like yeah we can uh like really like nothing we'll, we'll go from like, there yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> like like all right like that's a, oh. <laughs> you think maybe uh 
Somebody However, should have been much more upset. <laughs> but it's fine. Yes. Anyway, we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll deep dive. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for us today on Book Reviews Kill. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to Chad and I just really ramble on and on and on about our favorite stuff. I love answering these kinds of questions. It just, you know, it's it's stuff that Chad and I probably wouldn't have thought of ourselves. But yeah, thank you, everybody. Yeah, so thank you. And a special shout out thank you to everyone in the Discord for giving us such excellent questions. That was really great. There was some really good ones tonight. And if you'd like to join the Discord, there's a link in the description for this episode. Go ahead and join the conversation there. And if you'd like to support Book Reviews Kill, please go click on the Patreon link in our description. It helps us out a bunch. In addition, there is a link to Audible if you would like a 30-day premium account that comes with two free credits in the description below. Everybody, have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody.